during which the eons-long conflict between the Eresians and the Adorians is set in train, and we learn that uplifted races on both sides, or civilization versus Boscone, will be pitted against each other in a universal war lasting millions of years, a conflict whose ultimate begetters will remain unrevealed to the leaders on either side, even to the lensmen who comprise the core elite of the Galactic Patrol, and who, in all but name, constitute the actual rulers of civilization, Mogra democracy, which the Doc, almost certainly rightly, seems to think of as incompatible with the kinetic needs of space. But then Triplanetary coasts into what must be described as backstory. There is a reason for this, for very rarely does Doc Smith allow his readers any respite from the bronze warhorn blare of his tale. The original Lensman sequence, as published in the 1930s and 1940s in Astounding Science Fiction, comprises only volumes 3 through 6 of the sequence as published in book form by Fantasy Press between 1948 and 1954, because Smith, when he agreed to book publication, decided that the in medias res structure of the magazine sequence, by virtue of which everybody, lensmen and readers alike, remain unaware of the true extent of the conflict before the last volume uncovers the heresies behind which the Eresians and the Adorians have been hiding for hundreds of thousands of words, lacked gravitas. He was almost certainly wrong. And, given the crudity of his concept of civilization, basically, Civilization in the Doc's hands pretty closely models what might have happened had Lord Baden-Powell had the chance, with the aid of a clean-shaven thousand-strong unison of Boy Scouts, to clean up Des Moines, Metropolis as company town. This was not, perhaps, a wise decision, but he took it. In any case, so as to transform this original story, we'll try to describe the genius of its structure in the foreword to Galactic Patrol, into a history of civilization, the doc added not only an initial three chapters devoted to the overview described above, but also another three which are devoted to a cod history of Earth, here known as Tellus, up to the end of World War III. The most interesting sequences in these three chapters, which as a whole are a kind of gauntlet the reader must run in order to reach the genuine feast, are set in the twentieth century and introduce the first of the Kinnison clan, who are half of the Eresian breeding program for earthlings. Eugenics presents no moral challenge to Doc Smith, and the fact that his chosen race is unmistakably Aryan needs to be assimilated by readers, and then, for the duration, completely and utterly ignored. Most interesting of all, for extrinsic reasons, is the chapter covering the civilian exploits of Ralph Kinnison, aged 51, in an ordnance plant in World War II. The chapter is clumsily written, with far too many seemingly supererogatory walk-on characters. But when one realizes that the whole of this section is transparently autobiographical, it is impossible to stop reading. As the war began, Smith himself, like Kinnison, was fifty-one. Like the rambunctious but lovable Kinnison, he worked in an ordnance plant, and like Kinnison, he was fired in 1944 because he refused to pass some shells as safe. This chapter of Triplanetary constitutes, therefore, both an act of revenge on Smith's part and an amusing revelation of the close identification he felt with his magnum opus. After all, Kinnison Smith is a man. He is chosen carrier of civilization. His great-great-great-grandchildren will truly rule the Sevagram. 
So even the civilization chapters of Triplanetary can be read with interest. And, incidental to the sequence as a whole, but importantly to the history of sci-fi, certain paragraphs of the Kinnison-Smith chapter uncannily adumbrate the peculiar, ingrown, freemasonical tone of hard sci-fi as it has been written for the last thirty years or so. Read this. Kinnison was promoted again, to chief chemist. He and Sumner had never been friendly. He made no effort to find out why Cappy had quit or had been terminated, whichever it was. This promotion made no difference. Barton, now assistant, ran the whole chemical section, save for one unit, Siberia, and did a superlative job. The chief chemist's secretary worked for Barton, not for Kinnison. Kinnison was the Tsar of Siberia. And so on. It is language which proclaims its isomorphic modeling of the inside of things.